It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. And you still like me or you you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. (laughs) I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, Longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. with a motel that makes this a bit more unusual. Harry, I am the last one to cover this story. Got deep into it. We realize our homeless feeding and drug rehabilitation programs don't always match eye to eye the dreams and vision of the city planners here in Leesburg. Sam, I ain't playing with you, man. You need to give me my money right now. Let me get you into a place. Change. You have to run it tomorrow. No, not a chance. You're gonna have them leave today. You see it, you'll see it. I got 45 signatures right here, Mayor, against this proposal from my neighborhood. Let's stop this! Get them out, man! Get them! Ah! <laughs> Alright, one more, one more. Sandy Rios with you, and today we got something special. We talk about the news every day, and uh, this is a story of uh, a miraculous change in a person's life. It's a movie called No Vacancy, and I just saw it, and I was so moved by it, I wanted you to know about it. It's actually coming out in theaters all over the place nationwide on May the 9th, so you want to write that down. It's May the 9th, and uh, I've asked the producer, writer, director to come and join us, and also... Uh, the star of the film, part of, one of the stars, the pastor of the church. And so uh, this is going to be fun because they're friends of mine. And uh, Art Aris, Aris will be a, a familiar name to you because he's been on with me before. He's the founder of Keenstone, which is a, a, an a organization based in Florida that produces incredible comic books. They produce what's called the Kingstone Bible, which is a an animated uh, and um, illustrated comic book of the entire Bible, plus a lot of other features. Let me just tell you, Kingstone, in spite of being in Florida, uh, Art has taken this thing international. It's all over the world. He's had a lot of work in Hollywood, and I think that's probably how this film had its genesis. I'll have to ask him that in just a second. But uh, Kingstone has run one Best Feature for Angel Wards, Best Feature for Independent Film Festival. Kingstone Comics is the largest Christian comics publisher worldwide and releases comic books and animated comics in over 60 languages. 
The Kingstone Bible was a finalist for the Christian Book of the Year in 2017 in the children's category, and the Easter 2022 Kingstone releases the comprehensive Comic Handbook of Simplified Apologetics, 101 Questions About the Bible and Christianity. Okay, that's a long introduction, but I wanted you to know uh, what art does. But this is kind of a departure, right, Art? To be a director and a producer of a movie is a little different than what you've been doing, right? A a little bit different. Now, I have produced another movie and another documentary previously, and I was a television producer for a long time of our church program. So I had a, a media background. Of course, my wife was also a television director and producer, but... Uh, it wasn't my first rodeo, but it was the first bigger movie rodeo. You know what? I'm just talking about technique before we get to the the most important parts about the movie. One thing that struck me, Art, was I'm such I'm a I'm a hard grader. I am a hard grader because I'm from the entertainment background. I have a lot of friends that are in the arts, and I you know Christian films are generally they're okay. I enjoy them, but they're usually you know just okay, and you enjoy them. Uh, but this was really excellent, and your writing was excellent. It wasn't awkward. It was a, so. How do, do how how do you explain that? Have you had a lot of experience writing? Yes, I. It's funny, you know how God gave Moses his tool, you know, which was a staff. <laughs> I felt my tool was the the keypad and a writer. Uh, my mom was a, had a doctorate in education. When I was a kid, she would pay me five cents a page just to write, and just she wanted me to write. So I was primarily a writer, and uh, I just found out I had a real uh, affinity for like comics and screenplays because of the kind of trunk, short truncated writing. And uh, I'd had some screenplays that had uh, won film festivals. I mean, won uh, Hollywood's Best Success Contest. Also had some that were optioned for major motion pictures with major stars and stuff. And I was paid well for the screenplay. But I really began realizing I just didn't need to take my content and give it out to other people, that we needed to create it within the context of our company, Kingstone Studios. Still, I just would say, you know, there are writers and there are writers. <laughs> and, you know, it's one thing to write a story, write a script, write, but to write dialogue and the interaction of characters is a different skill, and you've obviously you have that skill too. So that's it was very cool, very believable, very it flew flew. <laughs> I think the words flowed. <laughs> it flowed anyway. It did it flow? It flowed beautifully between the characters. All right. Um, the other thing that you are that I did not mention yet is that you are an executive pastor for First Baptist Church, Leesburg, Florida, and. Um, in that capacity, you know, here you do Kingstone, you do all these things. What is your what is your calling to do? Uh, I'm the executive pastor, oversee the operations ministry. You know, Cliff is the theologian in residence that leads the church and preaches and everything. And uh, obviously, he's part of the film, and he'll share about his part in a little bit. But um, you know, my passion is evangelism and outreach, and so that fits very well within the context of this church, which is a very outreach oriented church. And we have a really passion. I have a passion both for the local church and also for the greater um, kingdom, the church, you know, on a worldwide basis. So, uh, you know, outreach and evangelism is my passion. So it fits well with media and fits well within the context of a church. So what we haven't said is that First Baptist Leesburg is very a very unusual church because a lot of there are a lot of First Baptist churches around the country, <laughs> one in almost every town. Uh, but uh, the, the I think the uniqueness about your church is all the. It's like a campus with a, a huge amount of ministries to the community, the needs of the community. So, for instance, tell us, give us an idea about that. And this is going to this is going to weave into the movie in a second here. Sure. Well, we uh, the church made a strategic decision several years ago, which is in is in the movie, and where we came out and we really invested in people uh, over buildings, and we really got involved in needs uh, meeting needs in our community and. 
just things begin popping up. And I'll let Cliff talk about some of the ministries and things we do. But we really, it was a, a bit messy, but we ended up reaching literally thousands and thousands of people that we never would have reached otherwise in the normal context of doing church. If we said, okay, Sunday mornings, we're just going to open up our doors, we realized we had to go to the community. And, and that's really woven into the fabric of the film. It certainly is. And of course, we I should just say there's a pregnancy center. There's a, a center for women who have addictions, <clears throat> addictions of various kinds. There's a men's center, men who have addictions of various kinds, and that's kind of the the center of the story for this movie, but also uh, medical care, dental care. If I, what have I left out? A food uh, pantry. Yeah, pregnancy center. Yeah. The the subject that's in the movie about the motel and different things. So, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a it really is an amazing thing for a church that's how big. Uh, we average close to two thousand. Yeah, about two thousand on Sunday mornings. Yeah, but so that's in the spectrum of uh, mega churches. That's not that big. I don't know a mega church that does everything that First Baptist Church Leesburg does. <laughs> yeah, we've been told that many times. Yeah, so so a lot of times you will bring um, people that are part of these ministries. I mean, they're from the streets. They're from another world. They're hard uh, and sometimes you know broke. They're broken, mm-hmm. confused, and you bring them into the church ministries. How does that affect the church? You think? Well, you know, a lot of people, you know, they want to have the big emotional experience about Christianity, the signs and wonders. Well, I want to say, if you want to see miracles, come to First Baptist Leesburg. We see them every Sunday, you know, with the people. But you just see the miracles of people being delivered off of drugs, delivered from sin. And I think that's part of my thing that I really love the local church. You get to see firsthand God changing hearts. Well, I agree. I mean, I, I agree because with the what churches in America have become so monolithic. You know, they were at least a while. They're all affluent. They everybody looked alike. We all acted the same, and mm-hmm. and they, there was no power in that. But when you bring in a wide spectrum of people from backgrounds who are very broken, and you see the life change, it man, it just inspires the people in the pews. But um, before we run out of time in this break, what there is one person. That is the center of this story. Uh, well, there's other, there's several stories in here, but in terms of the ministries, uh, what made you think of making a movie about this? Well, you know, there's a lot of great stories out there across our nation, across our world, but I felt, you know, very few are translated into a motion picture, but I felt this story, I felt like it was very church-centric. It needed to give a message of hope to the church. We also need to show there's, you know, drug addiction is such an issue in our country. We need to show the hope in that, that there is a hope in Christ. And basically, one of the things that's very important that I should say about the movie is that we, in the context of the movie, we did not, I told the director when I hired him, I said, I I don't want a Hallmark movie. I don't want a cheesy Christian movie. I said, this needs to have some grit to it. And I said, it needs to be dramatic. It needs to be real. I mean, I I want to honor God how I do it. And the director pulled it off in a beautiful way. And uh, basically, we want to be able to tell the story and provide hope all the way through the, the film. Which you did. Beautifully, yeah, you really did. I have to. I think I told you this in an email, but um, honestly, I cr- I cried, and I laughed, and I just worshipped. I mean, it really had a powerful effect on me personally. Well, you know, it was funny. For weeks and weeks, we were editing. We we shot it in September, then we began the post production. You know, through the holidays, and then about four weeks ago, five weeks ago, I was in Nashville showing the movie to theater and to distributors, and I'd never seen it um, on a big screen. Everything I've been seeing on the small screen, so I'm sitting there, oh man, if I'm if I totally botched it, you know. And <laughs> it's going to be big, a big botch, right? <laughs> a big botch, yes. Yeah, I either do really bad or really good. No, so anyway, um, we were in there in theater, and uh, they they showed the movie, and it was quiet. And 
the theater was filled. Actually, it was overflowing. People from Nashville had come there and you know filmed people. And the response was overwhelming. Every distributor there says we want it. So now we're negotiating distri- distribution. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. I want to say that you, I want to give a shout out to the cast. Did you have anything to do with casting this? I did. Yes, I did. Okay, so uh, so Sean Young, whose name was not familiar, but when I saw her movies, she's played in Dune, Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2014. Blade Runner 2045. Have they made that yet? Anyway, CSI, (laughs) Stripes, and several other people will recognize her. Uh, You know, it's funny because at first she was very stiff. She plays a reporter for the Orlando Sentinel. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you, it it was her style, and you really got pulled in after you got used to her style. Yes. uh, Well, Sean, that was the hardest decision. TC was the first major hire, then Dean Cain, and then I really struggled with a female lead, who that was going to be. And the casting director said, Art, you've got something very unusual. You've got a motion picture that you have an older lady as, as the lead. And we had 1,400 ladies apply for the, for the lead. The top 30 would have sold the picture. They were all really good. We really wrestled, uh, asked Cliff's wife, my wife, other people. I so, said, you know, the casting director. And we really wrestled. We landed on Sean, and she did a remarkable job. And she has a huge following in the sci-fi audience. How interesting. Yeah. Well, she did. I mean, she did her. She really pulled me in. At first, I thought, and I don't even, I didn't quite believe she was so stiff and strange. But that was her manner, and that's what she brought to the character. And uh, by, by the end of it, it made it made a lot of sense. And then Dean Kane, of course, Superman. Yeah, yeah. So he was a, and he was he was great. He did. I thought he really. I should save this for Cliff, but I really thought he captured the essence of Cliff. I really did. I, I thought he did too. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that really impressed me about Dean Kane is these guys really were professionals. Obviously, you had to pay them all to act in the film. But Dean came every day. His lines were ready. He was very professional. He performed. He interacted well with everybody. And I was very pleased, not only individually, how each one carried out their character, but the synergy with all three of them together. It makes it much more powerful. And the star is T.C. Stallings. He's a former professional football player. People have seen him in The War Room, uh, which is that Ken- the Kendrick Brothers film. He did a great job there. He was great in this. He was great. It just, 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 you were just drawn to his character. And so, uh, so great job, by the way, in casting. So, Thank you. Art, thanks. We're gonna, now, I'm going to move you away, and I'm going to bring in Pastor Cliff, uh, a.k.a. Superman, and he's going to tell us his part of the story. <laughs> and we'll do that when we return. Sandy Rios in the morning. Oh, by the way, the movie's called No Vacancies, coming out again May the, uh, May the 9th nationwide. So you'll want to watch for it. We'll tell you more details about that in a little bit. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Hey, what's going on, everybody? TC here, and I am so excited right now. I cannot wait for you to see No Vacancy. It's almost here. It's right around the corner, May 9th, and I hope you're making plans to see it. And I want you to experience all the awesome stories within the story. And yes, I said stories because... No Vacancy, it's, it's bigger than just one story. There are so many subplots, and including the heart-grabbing story of my character, Cecil Johnson, who his very life embodies everything that No Vacancy stands for. So I cannot wait for you to see it. So here it is. It's right around the corner, May 9th. Make plans to go see it. Grab your family, your friends, your neighbors, everybody, and just help us spread the word about this film because the world could use some inspiration right now, some hope. And that's exactly what this film delivers. So... Hope to see you at the movies. Wow, that was T.C. Stallings. Speaking of T.C. Stallings, he's the guy that plays 
uh, Cecil Johnson in this movie. He's the centerpiece, but there are other stories here. That was the fun thing. There were other stories interwoven, and I found that really fascinating. It wasn't just uh, Cecil. That that would have been enough. Um, there is a pastor of this church. Uh, Art is the executive pastor, but the senior pastor who preaches every Sunday is a guy named Cliff Lee, who has now been played by Superman. And I'm just wondering, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> Cliff, how does it feel to be played in a movie by Superman? Well, I would say that, you know, Brad Pitt and Clooney were not available, so they <laughs> went with uh, Dean. Now, it's, I would like to say this. My, Art and I are close personal friends, and he's the one who wrote the movie. And so he's giving me the script saying, hey, I'm just wanting you to know I'm including you in the movie. And my character comprises a few different people of things that actually happened. And I'm like, Art, man, come on. You don't, I don't need <laughs> to be called Pastor Cliff in the movie. You, know, you can make it about somebody else. He goes, no, 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 no. So anyway, it's a little weird for me uh, that there's a character, especially such a great actor, that is playing me. But I, I want officially, I want everyone to know that I did not write the script. Okay, that's what I want to clarify about yourself, okay. about myself, because right. <laughs> he's very strong and handsome in the yeah, movie was, too. That's right, you cast him. Right. Yeah, so Art didn't want to say that you cast uh, Superman as yourself. So right, th- that's a good, that's a good friend. <laughs> um, how did you feel when you saw the movie? Man, it was it was so moving. Um, quite honestly. Because it is about my friend, you know, Cecil Johnson. And I had dinner with the lead actors of the cast the night before. And, I, of course, I really enjoyed talking to them and just shooting the breeze. But the the one who, the, the actor that also is known for his deep faith is T.C. Stallings. And so he, before, before we had dinner, he, Pastor Art and I, and Cecil's spouse, his, his widow, Victoria, we all three zoomed and we talked about Cecil. And he one question he asked was, "Hey, was Cecil a city boy or a country boy?" And I was like, "Country, country, country." <laughs> and so I sent him a few messages. Cecil preached a few times at our church, and I, we sent him some messages. I just sent him in the mail to TC, and I'm sure Art, you feel the same way. He really nailed his voice. So we haven't. Cecil went to be with the Lord in 2019, and so I'm listening to him do the Cecil laugh. And the Cecil uh, demeanor, and it was a work of art. Uh, a lot of folks who will watch it won't have the privilege of knowing Cecil personally, but I just want to know, I want your listeners to know that he nailed our friend Cecil so beautifully. That's really cool to hear because I, I, that's very imprinted in my, my, my memory of how his impact, his delivery. There was a humility, a quiet yes. strength, and it was a beautiful spirit, just a beautiful spirit, even when he was struggling. Right. Yeah, so... Um, all right, but 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 still, the question, when you watch the movie, though, were you able, sometimes, look, I was a singer for years, so I did a lot of recordings, so I get so involved in the, you know, the, the EQ and the more of this and more violin, and let, you know, that when I listened to the recording, sometimes it was hard for me to, it was took me a long time. I'd have to listen like six months to a year later to actually really appreciate it. Yeah. So, because you were invested in it and you knew the story so well, it just be. I'd be curious to know how it did affect you, the story itself, or the movie itself. Yeah, it was moving. Uh, I got to see it really right after the, it was completed, and Susie and I, my wife, uh, watched it, and our hearts are beating fast. You know, um, I, I will also give props to Dean Kane In all seriousness, he is an excellent actor, and I'm sitting there because he is. He's been an actor for so long. He's not a preacher. Not even you know. Not close to a preacher, but he seemed he the Lord gave him the gift of acting, and I'm sitting there going, "Wow, that's that is what we guys do. That's what the servants of the Lord do." 
And uh, so it was it was bizarre. It was weird, but it was the whole thing was heartwarming. And of course, we live in a little town of twenty five thousand people, and it's filmed in our town. And so I'm seeing all these streets that I drive down every day on the silver screen. It is a very unusual <laughs> feeling. <laughs> so. I don't want to tell the whole story. I, I think that that's a mistake. Uh, but let's tell a little bit. Let's give people an idea of uh, when you came to First Baptist Leesburg, Cliff, were all of these ministries in place? They weren't, were they? Not all of them. No. Um, I, I received a, a very great inheritance um, coming here. And uh, I would say a, a brief shout out to my predecessor, Pastor Charles Roselle. He's our founder of the Christian Care Center. Not the founding pastor of our church, but he did start, uh, the Lord used him to start all the ministries at our church. There were a few that uh, the Lord has done since, I moved here in 2007, and one of the ones that the Lord did uh, since that time is what the movie's about, the, the homeless shelter. That So uh, you were a pastor when that, uh -huh, yes. that, that composite part was you. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> all right, so um, let me ask you, I ask Art this question, but I'm curious to know, as a pastor, how you see all the ministries to people who are not part of the church, they're part of the community. And they, again, have different stories, different backgrounds, drug addicted, tattooed, horrible upbringings. Some, I'm not all of them, but many of them. Uh, they're not the usual, you know, Sunday morning white, you know, I start to say whitewash, that's a terrible choice of words, but, you know, scrubbed up uh, Christian. And so they come into the church and they become part of it. What effect do you think it has on the people in the church? Well, you know, for... I would say for me, it is a pastor's dream to serve such a diverse group of people that worship with us. I was raised in a very, um, not a super strict, unloving Christian home, but a very dedicated Christian home. And I, the Lord didn't, I didn't get to go around, I didn't go around the block very far. You know, he, he kept me uh, in his hands. And so I have a great joy of ministering with the poor and the, those who are drug addicted and some of like as Susie and I were sharing our day yesterday, my wife and we were we both had so many different encounters with different members of our Christian care center family and all these different conversations. And we're sitting there going, This is so incredible that we get to do this. Our church, certainly, Pastor Roselle led our church to, you know, if you don't like hanging out with the poor, the lost, the last, the lonely, the depraved, then you're at the wrong church. He really he gave me a great gift that I didn't have to, you know, force on our congregation that and so like this last Sunday, we had three graduates from the Christian Care Center that were on our stage. One lady finished our program. Two men finished our, uh, you know, our men's care center program that Cecil was a uh, graduate of so many years ago. And our church just gets to their feet and they claps and they're crying and they're rejoicing. So it's embraced. You know, I'm sure there's some that are kind of going, okay, this is where we have some criminals among us, that kind of thing. But they probably don't stick around long. It's just part of our mentality. All right, so back to the story. Can you give us an idea about Cecil's story without telling the story? Yeah, sure. Um, oh. Well, I, I will remember myself as the new pastor in 2007. I was in my, I was 37 years old, and I'm, and I, after everyone greets me, you know, the guy who just sticks by me the closest of anyone is Cecil Johnson. He's always in a pristine suit and a white suit and these whatever color suit he had. He had the colored shoes on, the biggest smile you ever seen. <laughs> and he walks up to me and says, Pastor, I love you, man. No one has told me they love me more than my mom, my wife, and Cecil. <laughs> he would call me and go, has anyone told you I didn't love you today? Because I want to be first place. I'm like, well, I think Susie, okay, I'm second place, Pastor. You know, he was the most loving guy. But I, you know, I, it, I, so some of the movie starts with his entrance into the 
Christian Care Center. I, I didn't know that, Cecil. So I knew the saved, happy, growing in Christ, <laughs> Cecil. And I served with him for 12 years uh, before he went to be with the Lord. And he served in so many different aspects of our church. But really, the, what the movie does, it shows his journey, how the Lord transformed him at our center, and how he his life became an inspiration and his, some of his own generosity to help start another ministry that's vibrant and growing today. And the, the ministry that was started happened during the 2008 uh, financial crunch in our country. And it, it just coincided with what was happening with homelessness in Central Florida at that time. So that's part of the drama, too. And yes. you were pastor then. Yes, right. And so you guys were trying to buy this hotel, and you had a lot of resistance. Yeah, so right. we won't go into that. But that's part of the drama, too. And just the miracles of what God did. And then, of course, there are other stories interwoven into that. One of them is the story of uh, the reporter from right. uh, Orlando Sentinel. Did you meet her? Yes, yeah, yes. I mean, she was... Uh, I mean, she was a real snarky reporter in terms of if you just read her column. She's not a Christian, uh, but she advocated for us with this homeless shelter in a way that was that you'll see in the movie. It is very transforming. Does she, has she seen the movie? I, I believe she has. Oh, she has. Okay, no, she hasn't. But uh, the reason I said I think she has is because she was with me. On, it, she is, has a small cameo at the end of the movie, and so I, you know, she's she's there. Sitting next to her character, I'm sitting next to my character, and Cecil Johnson's wife is sitting next to T.C. Stalling. So it's yeah, but I guess she'll she'll see it soon. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that her how she right. Um. So if you were to say what <laughs> I'm curious to know, there are as we mentioned, we laid out the ministries, the, the the pregnancy center and the the food pantry and the men's shelter and the women's shelter, and then the Samaritans Inn, which is for families that find themselves in need of a place to stay. And I forgot what else we have. Medical. Um, yes. um, would there be something else? Is there another blank that needs to be filled in? Well, we're always open to whatever God wants to do. We don't currently have the space. Well, I would say this. Right before COVID, we had a children's shelter that was a great blessing for many years. It was temporarily closed down because our partner is with the state, and the state was having regulations on us being able to you know, take and keep kids. So we are hoping to get back to that anytime. So we do want to start that again. But I, I want to say one thing, Andy, just just briefly, is that when I was interviewed in this church, and was, my wife and I took a tour of the Christian Care Center, and we're like, "This is I've never seen anything like this." And so I said, "I'm part of it was maybe job preservation, like can I really lead a church with all these things going on?" But I I said it maybe somewhat humorously. I said, "Are you all finished ministering to the community? Because surely there's we, y'all got it all covered, right?" And one lady <laughs> on the committee looks at me and says, "No, we want to buy a hotel." I kind of giggle, and I'm like, someone needs to tell this crazy church that churches don't buy hotels or motels or whatever. And uh, anyway, little did we know that not only would it happen, but it would be put in a movie one day. <laughs> and it's been covered by so many other... Uh, I was just reading. I had no idea. I'll just see if I can remember this here. Um, there's been a documentary, Come yes. Alive, uh, stories by M6, the largest television network in France, which came here to film as well as Japan's national network, Nippon, Nippon Television. Uh, so, um, And then, of course, by newspapers around the country, just the story. So it actually got a lot of press, and there is a movie about the church. I don't know if that was distributed, the documentary about all the ministries, yeah. or was that just a, a church project? No, it wasn't. Uh, it, it was distributed. It was on Come Alive, if you're talking about that one, is the one that's on Amazon Prime still. And so it's a great documentary about our church. Okay, so let's uh, let's get into like like making the movie now. So Art, why don't you come over here with us? <laughs> you guys have to share a mic now. You, you're going to hear a little noise, my listeners. You have to listen to a little bit of noise here. Um, 
So, Art, same thing for you. Like, when you actually saw the movie, because you wrote the dialogue, and you, you know, you've been at the church for so many years, and the ministries are all familiar, Cecil was familiar to you. How did you respond when you saw the movie? Could you really enjoy it, or were you seeing all the details? Oh, anytime you see something you've created, you see it come alive on a comic book or screen or television, whatever, it's always a rush. Um, but, you know, I knew once you, the actors were so key to it, once I saw who they were playing it, I had a lot of trust in them and they pulled it off. So, yeah, it felt good. Um, but, you know, you know, everybody likes your own stuff, you, you know, but you have to put it out in the market to see what other people like. And so when I saw you know, the acceptance from distributors and other people are out there, then I said, okay, we've got something here. You know what? Uh, this is a funny story. I think it's funny. You know, as I said before, I used to be a singer. I did recordings and um, I would pick the music and they, it would the music would minister to me but um, after I put so many hours into recording and all of it 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 didn't have the same impact because I've heard it a five thousand times you know uh, and um, I find that what you put down uh, it's captured by by a camera or by audio has a life of its own and uh, illustrate that uh, I was going through a, a really difficult time in my life and I had a, an alarm that had an automatic setting, and it was, it was on Moody Radio in Chicago. And I, was, I had a particularly bad night. Just some really bad things happened. And my alarm went off the next morning, and it was me singing, He is able. He is able. And I'll never forget, I just cried and cried because it wasn't, it was like, it wasn't me. It was me, but it wasn't me. And it was God reminding me, reminding me, remember what you sang, remember what you said, it's true, you know, I am able, I am here, I hear you, you know? And that's going to happen to you too, Art, you, once you get away from this a little bit. Well, listen, I already have no question that God, produce, <laughs> God produced this movie. I, I was just writing the checks and playing a small part. God produced this movie, and I, we, we see God's hand in it in just incredible ways. All right, now I want to know the inside story. What were some of the funny things that happened? That, this is for both of you. Anything funny happen? Any, like, um, like things that went badly or just funny moments? Well, it was we had it pretty well organized. It was like a it's like organizing a major army. You know, we brought them in there to Leesburg and you know, we actually had the whole tent camp that we had our whole film production crew was actually on the campus. We had big tents and we had all production vehicles and everything. And we brought in people literally from Nashville, Atlanta, Orlando. We brought in a really good production, you know, quality. And team. you know with that, I'm gonna interrupt you because there's the music and we need to take a break. But when we okay. come back we'll talk about the bloopers, the funny things that happen and also how people can get tickets, how they can find it, where they can go, because you have a website and all that. So uh, the movie is called No Vacancy, and it is coming out May the 9th nationwide. So uh, as soon as well, you can probably find No Vacancy just with that information that I just gave you, their website. But we'll be more specific when we return. And my guest is uh, Pastor Art Aris, who is the producer of the movie, and Cliff Lee, who's the, uh, you know, the Superman of the movie, played by Dean Cain, <laughs> pastor of First Baptist Church, Leesburg, Florida. All right, we'll be right back. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. At Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Hello, I'm Bill Jones, the Executive Director of the Christian Care Center. And it's my pleasure to give you an overview tour of the eight ministries of the Christian Care Center. 
The Christian Care Center was started by First Baptist Church Leesburg over 30 years ago, but since has become a 501c3 organization comprised of churches, civic groups, businesses, foundations, and individuals who come together to meet needs and share Christ together. Sometimes life happens and families with children find themselves homeless. The Samaritan Inn is the only place in Lake County where men, women, and children can live under the same roof as they get the training and encouragement they need to lead a successful and meaningful life. All right, that was just a little overview. That's a real live video. That's not from the movie. <laughs> That's one of the pastors, uh, Bill Jones, talking about the ministries of First Baptist Church Leesburg. But uh, that makes the movie sound a little dull. Like it's not a it's not a documentary where you know you give it like a monologue or a travel log through the ministries. This is the story of real people uh, and their lives intersecting, and the power of God to change lives. It's just amazing. It's called No Vacancy. It happens to take place in First Baptist Church Leesburg. But it's the story, really, of what God's doing all over the world uh, in different ways in different people's lives. And so it's my privilege to have not only the executive pastor, Art Aris, who was the director and producer of the, producer of the film and the writer, uh, and uh, Cliff Lee, who, was the, who is the senior pastor. And I, before the break, I ask you guys what, you know, behind the scenes, there are always things. You know, there are funny things. Like one time, I'm sorry, I keep talking about being a singer. One time I was, okay, I had some trouble in my past, and I had a really bad night again, and I was supposed to go in the studio and sing the vocals for my first album. And I was a nervous, I was just a nervous wreck. I, and so I took a, a, a muscle relaxer. <laughs> and I, when I got up to record, I was so relaxed, I couldn't sing. I had to go out, it was like two degrees outside. I had to go outside the studio and walk around the parking lot just to wake my Self up. It was not a really good idea to take that muscle relaxer. So that's a funny story I have in uh, making my first album. So, so that anything funny happened with you guys or unusual? Well, I, I, you know, Sean Young, the lead, a female actress at the movie, she was interesting because I, I, she didn't like strike me as someone that comes from like a, a strong church background. She's not like a Sunday school teacher personality. So sometimes she would say some things. Just she would just you know dish it out and on the set. And so she, we're talking back. Uh, like in makeup room or something, and she's just talking away. And so I'm saying, you know, Art, what's uh, what's the deal with Sean, you know? And then Art tells me the story because we had a lady named Jessica Pike that was uh, basically hired by Kingstone to be an associate director of makeup and costume. And she was beside herself with excitement. She is a graduate, and she's a, but she has a strong background in a lot of different areas. Jessica Pike does. And so she got to be friends with Sean. Sean was kind to her. They were encouraging, and she said she got this – Jessica has this great personality, and so her birthday was during the filming. And so Jessica, uh, so Sean Young ordered flowers and basically threw a party backstage or in the costume room for Jessica. And of course, it touched Jessica incredibly. So here, here now, she's friends with these actors. And, you know, <laughs> she came from a life of alcohol abuse, and now she's oh. hanging out with actors and actresses. That was, it was funny, but it was also very moving. Very moving. And you never know, uh, you know, what kind of impact these experiences have on people who are not believers. You just don't know. Art, do you have a story? I think you have a story. Well, I saw a miracle. I felt like it was a miracle. We, the, you know, I, sh I took a big risk by shooting during the time of COVID, and we had all kind of COVID protocols. I had five COVID officers on the movie, which obviously added to a lot of expense to the movie. But we had a big scene we shot on a Saturday night. And we, I mean, it was, we were in the city commission chamber. We had all of us, everybody, you know, everybody was in there. And I saw you in there. 
Okay. I, I, yeah, the actor didn't show up. He couldn't do it. He was sick, so I had to jump in there. Oh. But anyway. They <laughs> well, went, there's a funny story right there. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, this was really the, the miracle, is we were all together, and the next day or two days later, the COVID officer called me and said that one of the guys in the prop department had COVID, and he had not said anything. We had everybody in there, so we had to test everybody when we came back to shooting on that Tuesday morning. And I just prayed, I called out to the Lord, and we were all there bunched up. Nobody caught COVID. We actually finished the day early, even though we started late. It was really a very inside, powerful miracle that I saw. Well, that's very cool. That, that is cool. And that is awkward trying to make a movie when you have to all wear masks. And I guess you got to take them off, at least in the <laughs> scenes, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the nuts and bolts uh, art of how you, you know, you can make a great movie, but if you don't have proper distribution, Nobody ever knows. It's like a, the tree falling in the forest. So what is the plan here, and how could people figure this out? Well, <clears throat> I've had a little bit of experience with distribution, uh, some bad and some good. <laughs> but anyway, we from the very beginning, we had distributors begin contacting us, especially after they saw the movie. So it went, we began going well. So, you know, obviously we wanted to go in theaters first, and we were picked up by Fathom Events. And uh, we're going to be in 769 theaters, and, wow. that, and that number's growing. It's going to be a nationwide release, and it'll go additional days or di- additional showings just based on ticket sales. One thing we really need, because I'm really, you know, I'm a church guy, is I'm really making appeal to pastors, is let us allow us to do uh, pastor pre-release screenings in your in your church in these cities that we're going to be at. We're asking, trying to have pastors that'll, you know, let other pastors come in, see the movie. And if they resonate with the message, then share that with their congregation because, <clears throat> you know, we won't. We really feel like that this is a very, very powerful advertisement in a positive way for the church. You know, the church gets banged around in the press, and we want to come out and say, no, God's church is alive, is vibrant, and is is absolutely necessary. And it's a really a true recounting of the miracles that happen. And we really tried to, again. I'm glad you said what you said. This is a movie. This is a motion picture. Yeah. A very dramatic one. You know, Art, I could also see uh, pastors and churches catching the vision for channeling their interest and resources into their own community and helping people. There's not enough. There's so little of that. I think it's because, don't you think it's because of the uh, the way our we adopted the welfare state here, where government takes care of people and pays. It used to be the church that took care of the poor and the needy and fed people. And we stopped doing that in this culture because the government took over, so... That's the reason. I mean, it wasn't some nefarious neglect. It just uh, developed that way. But I think we need to recapture that vision. But um, let's talk about, uh, you guys are having a screening, I think, aren't you, for, this is for pastors in in Florida, right? Mm -hmm. Pastors and staff members in Florida? Well, we have several cities across the U.S. that we're beginning to do those. We're doing one next week at First Baptist Orlando. There's a large gathering of pastors that will be, TC and I will be meeting with them and showing part of the movie. But we're really looking for churches in these cities, and we have, if you go to novacancymovie.com, we have a listing of all the cities, all the exact theaters, and if you have a church in that city, you can email me at art at kingstonestudios.com, and we'll connect you with one of our staff. We'd love to have invite pastors from that area to come in, see the movie, and if you don't like it, don't do anything with it, but if you like it, we want you to tell your congregation about it. Art, is that now, just to be clear, because... People are, you know, they're driving and they're doing all these things. They didn't catch your email address on novacancymovie.com. There's no way to contact to find out. Yes, there's a contact form. Okay, so yeah. let's, that's probably where we should leave it. They won't remember what you just said. Novacancymovie.com. Yes. Um, and now, in your own 
From your perspective, do you think that this movie is primarily for Christians, or do you see it no, for a broad audience? I see it for a broad audience, and so so do the distributors. You know, there's some films that you know are very select just for that faith audience. But from the very beginning, we wanted this to be a wider market film, and we've heard that from multiple times from distributors that this is a general audience, very strong on the faith market. It should you know resonate with them in a great way. But this is something anybody, because hopefully everybody cares about the broken people in their community. You know, uh, without being specific, I think the other thing that's very relevant is the whole race issue. That's something you address, uh, and it's beautiful, actually. And I, I, I think that that makes this uh, re- very relevant during this time, too. We we had many comments from people about the relevancy of the movie, um, you know, not only about race, you know, the deep love between Christians of different races, but also about you know, the sacrifice of a church and also about the kindnesses between people and also the whole issue about drug addiction. I mean, it's just a humongous issue in our culture. And we want to say, hey, we can be there, you know, with the hope of Christ in the, in the darkest situation. So Cliff, I want to ask you something. When Art first had this idea about a movie, did you think he was crazy or were you like, yeah, man, let's go for it? Or did you go, oh gosh, Art, please, one more thing. Well, I've sat in <laughs> hundreds of staff meetings with Art and he is our staff dreamer. <laughs> but you know, there's and there's some ideas he has that we quickly bat down. And he's and but he doesn't care. He just keeps on with the ideas. Um, I will say this, Sandy, is that the idea for this movie began well in his heart much earlier, I'm sure. But we actually thought about making a run of this five or six years ago, right after War Room, right when TC was making a name, and things didn't come together. The script wasn't right, so. When we had to pause, and then the money wasn't there. We had some, the, the fundraising aspect wasn't in place, and so we have so much going on in our church. It was totally off my radar. It was. I, I mean, I'm not trying to say I didn't pray about it or, or hope it worked out, but it was way off my radar. But it was was not off his. And so, basically, a few months before we filmed, he's like, "Hey, Pastor Cliff, I want to really let's roll with it, and I'm going to get folks involved." I'm like, "Well, let's see." And all this, anyway, all of us. Don't doubt Eris anymore. We don't doubt Art anymore. Because <laughs> when he gets the vision, the bug, he is going to move forward. And we just pretty much learn to step out of the way and see what God's going to do through him. You know, there are personality types that have a million ideas that never get anything done. But I agree with you. Art actually does the things. Oh, yes. You know, he, he actually does. He actually accomplishes. He knows how to put it together. So it's pretty amazing. Right. Okay. I did not ask you about this, but you actually cast church members. So that's a little complicated. Um, How did well, that go? Well, actually, we had 60 cast members. It was a SAG film. We had about, 50, I think we had 59 cast members. It was a huge film. Matter of fact, my wardrobe supervisor was ready to kill me because there were so many wardrobes. But when you, it was such a big movie that we were able to bring in a lot of people as extras. And we had probably 100, 150 extras. Um, and, there, and there were some people who were able to step in um, in different shots. So, yeah. I saw a couple of familiar faces in a couple of shots, including yeah. yours. I saw your wife, Kelly. Yes. A cameo playing a yes. news reporter. What a departure for her. Yes, Kidding. Yes, <laughs> She's yes. a news reporter. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, Art, if you could accomplish what you set out to accomplish this with, with this movie, what would it be? I would love to see it be catalytic with churches to say, we can do this in our community. Um, also, you know, I have a real passion for God's glory and God's word, and there's so in his name, and there's so many movies that just really denigrate and blaspheme the name of God. I said, you know, we have got to come out with a film that is a motion picture that honors God, but also is a, a, is a, a gripping story. 
And so we, you know, I want to honor the Lord in it, and we want to see, you know, we want to see some change, and we want to you know, make more movies. We're working on some animation. That, you can see that at KingstoneStudios.com. But we just want to continue to communicate, you know, truth, God's message, God's word, and you know, sometimes it'll be in the context of a movie. Sometimes it'll be in context of animation. Sometimes it'll be in the context of a comic book. But uh, the only thing that I see that God honors is truth, and so we try to do that. And you do that powerfully. So it's NoVacancy.Movie.com? NoVacancyMovie.com. Okay, just one dot. Okay, (laughs) NoVacancyMovie.com. Hey, Cliff, I just want to ask you, you know, Cecil's story uh, is actually unusual. For all the men and women who go through your ministries, uh, really a small, only a small amount of people really make that permanent life change. Is that true? Um. Well, here the truth is, our program is a lot has a lot higher success rate than the states and the federal ones. Uh, we generally we've looked at it before that we have about a seventy percent success rate after the first year. It does drop off after that, so there's a whole lot of relapse. Cecil got one. He tells a story of one of him almost relapsing one night. He even bought something and went into a hotel room. He's having so much stress in his life. I think when his mother was passing away, but he looked at the Lord, threw the dope away, and walked on out. So it is true that. What something I've learned, and I had the strongest thing I've had to drink is Nyquil and Mountain Dew. So I don't really know that lifestyle personally. But one thing I'm learning to accept is that oftentimes relapse is part of the journey. But Cecil's recovery was so strong that relapse was not something he experienced. So yes, one thing we should say too that in the process of the program at FBC Leesburg, it's not just uh, twelve steps and how to how to stop an addiction. It's deep Bible study. They have to commit to doing that and teaching. Can you describe that a little bit? Right. I mean, you have to pretty much give up all of your rights as you come in, and you are given a little cubicle in a bunk bed and have to be up at a certain time and to bed at a certain time. And we, we average about seven hours of Bible study a day. Seven hours? I yes. did not know that. Yes. And that's just the classes. You're encouraged to do more on your own. You come to all the church activities, and there's you know there's a counseling aspect as well. But yes, it's, it's, the Word of God is our program. It's an amazing story, and uh, you guys are doing amazing work. Art, thanks for your vision for this and actually pulling it off. And uh, Cliff, thanks for being our Superman. Yeah, appreciate it. And so it's um, the movie again. You can get tickets at Novik. Well, you can find out where it's going to play in your uh, in your town or your city. It starts uh, May the 8th. And so you can go to No Vacancy Movie, May the 9th. <laughs> Sorry, No Vacancy Movie. I couldn't find the date. There, it's somewhere in these papers. No, May the 9th. Uh, and NoVacancyMovie.com, NoVacancyMovie.com. You will not be sorry. You will not be sorry. And when we get to that point, we'll open the phone lines, actually, and I'll find out what you thought about what you saw. How about that? All right, Cliff Lee and Art Avers, thank you so much. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.